everybody. Welcome back to College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Texas Pete. Downset sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspeat.com. Enter promo code Saturday Down South to take 20% off your orders for any sauce or apparel. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and finally back with me. Ooh. My friend, COVID Chris. COVID Chris. Let's <laughs> not get that going. Let's not that. Let's not let that be a thing. Uh, so you've been sick. I don't know if you have COVID or not, but you've been sick. I've been sick. I had COVID. I was not good. Everything sucks. It's been the worst. Um, it was yeah like i just kind of assumed like i was like i've always made this joke okay i'll be honest i hope our boss isn't listening i made this joke a lot that i was like i love getting sick like you lose 10 pounds everyone's nice to you and you get to miss work and you sleep like all day it's a lot of fun that's a, covid that's a great way to look at it yeah just you know me being so positive all the time that's what everyone knows me as um this was not that this was awful <laughs> this was like no. it was awful awful um you still sound like you're a little sick yeah i am yeah for sure so also i want to say thanks to you because you killed it on the brian dawkins interview and that whole pod man by yourself that was interesting smile. Wasn't it? just say thanks don't smile about it and act <laughs> like, like yeah i know i'm about to i'm gonna break <laughs> off and do my own show i'm gonna get replaced with another producer huh can't wait <laughs> Oh man, no, it was fun. I don't know if you were able to listen to the whole Brian Dawkins interview, but it was very interesting. Yeah, well, it was yeah. funny to me because you said flat out you were like, "Well, I tried to make a couple jokes. He did not laugh. <laughs> Probably for the best, you weren't on there." <laughs> it's true, but yeah, if you listen to the interview, it's probably yeah. Wouldn't there wasn't a great time to inject humor? I felt like I don't know if that's a thing in his life. I don't I mean he he's like a scary individual. Yeah, like very my favorite nice, Brian though. Dawkins story ever was when Takeo Spikes was playing for the Eagles, and there was some story he was. I think I told you this. I might have said it on the pod, and he said something about how he came over the top from safety, and just and, and he he told Takeo Spikes before the game. He said, "I'm about to make this dude see God," and he was like, <laughs> "What?" And he goes, "He goes, I'm gonna see how bad he wants to play football today. I'm gonna see how bad he wants to play this game." And he was like, okay, good luck. <laughs> like, like what did you say to that? And his he goes mentality. up to him. And um, it, whoever the receiver was, they're playing in Green Bay. And whoever the receiver was, he, he just comes over the top, decletes him. I mean, just, and then stands over him and he goes, whoo, like as loud as he can. He goes, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And that was it. That was like his only thing. No shit talk, nothing. Just, uh, just an, Kirk Dude. Franklin shot out to the hilltops. It was incredible. Interesting cat, but cool, yeah. man. He gave me an hour, which was just awesome. So, oh, I didn't um, listen to the whole thing then. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Um, well, and I feel like it's just, I feel like it's been a while. I mean, you had the reunion pod. So it's been a while. We're back. You've been one pod since Bama lost. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that how I want to look at it? Yeah. Cool. Um, interesting week this week obviously we'll get into a little recap here but because we went so long without having a normal podcast we didn't get as many voicemails this week oh that's fair yeah um we will continue back with the voicemails yeah but uh yeah just given the schedule it didn't really work out for the last few weeks um we'll get into what happened this week it was an interesting week because a lot of teams were on by in the sec yeah um so it was just kind of there were some good games not maybe not necessarily in the in the sec although there were a couple um but first obviously we have to do a recurring segment here who's sadder than marler okay so we have two i just realized one is dan mullen 
two is literally anybody that bet against Vegas this weekend. Oh, I mean, so, and here's why we saw the lines come out and you had Kentucky, the number 12 team in the country as a, as an underdog on the road at Mississippi state, who's a four and three team. We saw Iowa who we know is a fucking fraud. They were a three and a half point underdog. I think it got to seven to Um, to Wisconsin who blows to Wisconsin. And and I was number nine team in the country. I know. And they were a touchdown favorite against Iowa state. Weren't they? Touchdown uh, underdog. Uh, that was Oklahoma State. I don't know what they were. I, I oh, you're remember. right. I made that up. I also tweeted that Dustin Shooty. So that no wonder he thought I was crazy. Um, <laughs> so there's Marler with his partial facts again. Um, <laughs> but so so they were they were an underdog to Wisconsin and a four and three Wisconsin team. And then you saw the Auburn game, which was not egregious because it's on the road. It's at Auburn. You're an Ole Miss team. And I said this before they played on the radio, not with you. I was saying this, I was like, someone's like, why would Ole Miss be an underdog? And I was like, you think about the last four teams that Ole Miss has played, the last four games. Bama, you have that game against Arkansas, LSU, and then there's another one too, and I'm, I'm missing who it is. Tennessee. But it was like Tennessee, right. So it's like these like three games in a row that were pretty massive emotional games to get up for. And then, you gotta go and on then the road. LSU, and then you have Auburn on the road. And it was like, and Auburn's coming off a bye week. Yeah. And, and so you can kind of see the writing on the wall for that one. Um but what happened to your alma mater and anybody that bet on them? Oh my God. Well, yeah, I mean, look for me as a fan, I, I was like, whatever. I mean, yeah. I know that we actually lost by four, which to me was good. I know that we lost by 10. You were winning by three. Yeah. With, with like two minutes to go. I know, you know, um, before we get into what happened at the end, I'll just say <laughs> famous quote from Bobby Bowden. It's starting to hold true. Yeah. When you're rebuilding a, a team, you go from losing big to losing small to winning small to winning big. And I, I feel that. like this year we're starting to lose smaller than we had in the past. The last three years, we have been blown off the field by anyone with a pulse. Yeah. So we're getting there, but we lost. It sucked. I thought we were going to win. Yeah, that would have um, been awesome, man. That, that would have yeah. been, like, been such an awesome win, regardless yeah. of the situation with Clemson. Yeah, regardless of Clemson sucks. And, right. and they did have their best offensive day against us, which is not great. but right. <laughs> that, that at the still end, so man. tough to watch dude it, it's it like is. It is. i don't care how this sounds if you guys are going to get offended i don't really give a shit because i'm still sick um and also just dealing with people on twitter talking about the tomahawk chop all weekend i've just I've, <laughs> i guess i'm just turning into a republican up here i don't know in the burbs i don't know what's going on <laughs> like, but i'm kidding we're not getting into politics but i'm just saying it, when you have a we have an offense with a white running back and you are just constantly running a zone read with the worst offensive line, a terribly inefficient and not good run like like mo- mobile runner at quarterback, it's so tough to watch and they just won't fucking get away from it. They they just Dabo Sweeney in the most typical Dabo Sweeney way will just fucking refuse to get away from that offense. It is it is hilariously bad. Um, it is and it's not going to get any better until they make some serious changes. Yeah. But if you don't know what we're talking about with the Vegas part. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know, Tyler and I are big into betting. If you haven't seen this and like and you don't understand this, it's like we always we always make the comment. They don't they didn't build all these massive million dollar, you know, whatever you call it, it's in the middle of the desert for nothing. I don't know how I fuck up that quote every week. Uh, yeah. Well, they don't build like they don't have the massive hotels and buildings out in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, for for no reason quote. at all. Uh, yeah. My dad used to always say it's just proof I never listened to him. But oh, he messaged me on Friday just to let you know. So that's nice. Uh, it was a really good week. So totaled my car. Wow. Had it for less than a month. 
Totaled my car Sunday, got COVID on Monday. Dad reached out on Friday. I should have opened with that. <laughs> uh, I feel like, uh, I feel, is your dad like Jamie Tart's dad? Who's Jamie Tart? Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> From Yellowstone? Don't ever compare my no, dad. No, 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 no. No, my dad no, no, no. is, is Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah, he's awful. Yeah, he's, he's, he's not like that in your face. He's just a terrible person. Okay. I mean, anyway, so, um, but yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of, uh, the guy from Yeltsin, but yeah. So anyway, so we but we're talking about this whole thing um, with with like Vegas and and there's there's stuff that happens in these like bad beats and people don't give a shit if you don't gamble. They just think it's like oh that's funny. Yeah. And and you'll if, listen if you don't gamble, watch watch Scott Van Pelt. Okay, watch Scott yeah. Van Pelt's episode of Sports Circus. It's a fantastic Sports Center episode in general. But also the way that you have to bring up gambling on a lot of these shows on network television. It's hilarious because it's like, well, we don't want it's like Bible Belt type shit where you don't want to say anything. It's like going to rub me in the wrong way. So it's like, well, this point might matter to a lot of people. Yeah. And they're like, it's just it, the way they tip. Musburger always used to do call games like that. Right. The, the, the folks out in the deserts are getting like they would always have to allude to it in the past. And right. Now it's just like everything. Yeah. For the most part, you can say whatever you want. So Florida State is playing Clemson. They're a nine and a half point underdog. I am an avid gambler, and I didn't. I didn't bet on this. I stayed away from it. Also, I should get COVID more often because this is my best week. Like legit, <laughs> I, I guess sleeping seventeen hours a day for like Monday through Wednesday was somehow helpful. But like, so I'm, I'm like sitting here, um, and I'm watching the game, and, and Florida State's up, and I was like, oh my god, uh, yeah. Florida State's gonna win. They end up getting a late touchdown, and then I see Twitter explode about this bad beat. They were calling this one of the not just this year this is the worst beat of the year they were saying this is one of the worst beats in the last decade of college football yeah florida state attempting some final play lateraling the ball yeah. fumbles clemson dude picks it up falls into the end zone with it yep the they were it was a 24 to 20 game yeah that was the last play of the game he yep. fell into the end zone Florida State lost 30 to 20. And the, the, line, the offensive lineman had a slight chance to tackle him before he fell into the end zone. Uh -huh. too. Yeah. The line was nine and a half. Oh, Chris, it's much worse than that. Was the over in it too? It hit the over and the Clemson team total over. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> they like like so Dave Portnoy, um, he was the he's probably why this got so big is because everyone knows who Dave Portnoy is now and like you know president of Arsenal and all that kind of shit. He had 125 grand on this game. And and he was sitting there, there's a video of him, and he was like <laughs> on Florida State plus time. Nine State. By the way, it was, yeah, it, was, it was it was it was Florida State minus 10 all week. So I don't know how so many people got nine and a half. He Regardless, would have pushed. This yeah. dude bet 125 grand and lost. Yeah. And it was, he, he was saying, he's like, that's a $250,000 swing. It's a quarter of a million dollar swing. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. A quarter, like, like if you're having a bad week, if you're a Braves fan and you're, or if you're fucking Adam Duvall and you're like, man, that Grand Slam meant nothing to these yep. people. I mean, uh, he, it's 125 grand and he lost like that. And it was, like yeah, I said, he, one he, of the he, worst beats in the history of, I've been on the winning end of that one time. It was like a Monday night Chiefs game. And it was a lateral that somehow they won because I remember like waking up the next morning to text my bookie, uh, "I'll hit you up Friday," because <laughs> Tuesday was payday, and I was like, yeah, "I'll just hit you up on Friday, whatever." And and he's like, "You uh, you won," and I was like, "What?" He goes, "I'm assuming you didn't see the end of the Chiefs game," and I was like, "What?" And it was like a similar nick. That's yeah, I mean that 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 guy is that definitely sad than me. 
we'll get uh-huh. into the Dan Bullen thing a little bit later. Um, okay. Because it's just too much to handle right now. We don't want to start with all this sadness. <laughs> um, and I really don't even want to get into recaps of that many games. Like, yeah. not like in-depth recaps. Let's just talk about the weekend. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I saw today, uh, before we get into the games, Miles Brennan hit the transfer portal. So, how he's still in college football next year yeah. uh, is beyond me, actually. He did get the, he's got like the free year of eligibility due to COVID, but he was in the 2017 recruiting class. That was a while ago. And he'll be playing college football in 2022, which is just interesting, but. He came in with Tua. Yeah. Um, Look, he came into the season last season as a starter, got off to a great start, got injured. Um, Then he got injured again this preseason and basically lost his job to Max Johnson for for good. Uh, No one really knows where he's going yet, but. I took I took a look at his recruiting profile. It looked like um, it was down to LSU, Oklahoma State, and Ole Miss when he was coming out of high school. He's from Mississippi, so we'll see where he ends up. Um, I know this is Corral's last year, so maybe Ole Miss. Although Kiffin wasn't there, so maybe it's a different scheme. But yeah, pretty, pretty damn good scheme for a QB. But be interested to see where he goes. Is, you're right. Um, Texas would be another good option. I don't know if he's going to have the option to go there. Go wherever Arch Manning isn't going for sure. Um, but yeah, just another kid lost the transport. I still stand. I still stand by the fact that I think that kid is better than Max Johnson. Max Johnson is just so unimpressive to watch for me. Just every time, yeah. I, every time I turn on like, like I would say tape, but I mean games of that kid because I'm not watching tape on Max Johnson. He just looks so fucking boring and unimpressive. And I don't care how that sounds. Yeah. Like, I, like he's. I think. I think that Brennan's a gamer. I. <laughs> I know how he got injured, but. Um, yeah, stop fishing in the dark, I guess, as well. They're all, about fishing. They're all about fishing down there. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, they love he was just trying to get in that fishing hole, brother. Um, <laughs> all right, CFP rankings coming out tomorrow. You want to give a prediction? Why do you have a top five? Why don't you just give four? Uh, because I mean, there's always that debate between the fourth, yeah, the fourth and fifth team. I mean, obviously, but outside of Georgia, so the AP poll, you think right they're now, number one? Do you like, do you think that they're number one? Uh, Notre they Dame is looking good. Which is what, like, if you're, if you're like, Georgia fans, listen up. If you're, the thing about Georgia is like, I know I've been riding them high all year, but they haven't played an offense yet. And that, and really, is, how good are they? If you think about it, it? I, for real, because like Florida sucks. Okay. You yeah. beat Florida. Who cares? You beat Kentucky. You got Kentucky and Arkansas at home. Like, have you had to play a true road game yet? No. Vandy? Are you kidding Vandy me? Vandy on the road. Wow. wow that's tough, dude. Sick program. You caught Clemson when they were good, in quotes, at a neutral site game. You caught, florida at a neutral site game do you guys like i mean you guys talk all this big game all the time about how you know anyone anywhere and how tough you are and all this other shit like are you guys gonna play an away game this year or are you just gonna save that for another season i know there's at least 15 to 20 people that are taking this seriously right just now just turned it off already yeah i'm yep. fucking with you guys um yeah but so i think where it gets interesting so the ap poll this week has georgia one cincinnati two Bama three, Oklahoma four, Michigan State five, Ohio State six. Um, I don't think that I would do that as the committee. If I was, if I had a vote, I don't. I think I don't think I would have Cincinnati in. Honestly, I think I would go Georgia one. I honestly, I may, I may have to go. It's weird because I don't think they're the number two team, but Michigan State. I knew it. Yep, I love it. I love that. 
And then I'd go three Oklahoma or three yep. Alabama and four. Yeah. Actually, I would put it, I would put Bama over them just because Oklahoma has been so unimpressive to me. Uh, Oklahoma but sucks. I, but I could see you putting Oklahoma three, Bama four, just yep. to um, put the undefeated team up there. I would not have Cincinnati in there, man. They they don't they haven't looked good in a, a month. No, no. And I tell you what, I don't give a shit about like I they have a forty six percent chance to make it and blah 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 blah. But I'll say this, if you're in the group of five, I mean, like their strength of schedule is worse than everyone's it, worse than everyone's. Um, right. There's no, there's no arguing that. Uh, um, so, so I think that like you have to win with style points. Every, every, again, we'll go back to betting. Everything that you heard from anyone this weekend that's, that was a big gambler was like hammer Cincinnati. They know they have to have style points. They're playing an absolutely shit two lane defense like jump all over that. Nope. Yep. They look awful the whole time. They won they by 18. They lost Navy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Oklahoma is going to end up getting, they've won 17 games in a row. I think they're starting to get, not that I think it should play into it, but I think it does. We haven't seen them lose in a long time. They have the longest winning streak in the nation. So yeah, I think they're going to get respect but i think both cincinnati and oklahoma have not been impressive now oklahoma's obviously been better with caleb williams but even with caleb williams they almost lost to kansas which is what. just inexcusable by the way inexcusable 38 and a half point favorites and also, i bet on them because on i was like legal play it's almost a principle bet that you bet against can whoever kansas right. is playing you bet the house on the other team and you always win they were a 38 and a half point favorite over kansas almost yeah. lost they they are they're not a great football team. And I tell you what they're going to do. It, like, this is like such a quintessential Oklahoma team because it's like every year we hear this bullshit about, you know, it's like that Facebook meme with like Mark Zuckerberg and that weird ass smile. Yeah. What is that? What is that? Meta? Yeah. It's he's like holding the meta board and it's like, we're different. Look, we're meta. Like, like we need to rebrand. Well, you're the biggest but, fucking brand in the world. Yeah, so and and we, we know, even though you rebrand, we know you're still stealing all of our information. Right. So. Bookface. Okay. You should, that would have been better. So meta, meta opens up uh, and this whole thing, there's this meme. He's holding this thing built. Like that is such a perfect thing. It's like, look, we're different. No, that's Oklahoma. This is the Oklahoma team of every team in the past we've ever seen. Like they are playing better defense, I guess. Sure. You beat Kansas on a play that's illegal. Can't say that enough. That play should have never happened. And we're we're so fucking dumb as a society. I'm in a mood today, I'll just be honest. <laughs> we're so fucking dumb that we're gonna sit here and say, like, oh, you know what? Like, like, listen, Matt Barry, I love Matt Barry. We got him on the pod on the SDS pod back in the day. He All used right, to so love our social just be media. Be careful what you say here. What? No, I love Matt Barry. Because I, I want to get him Matt on our Barry. pod. Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. We need to get him on our pod. We can do that, absolutely. He's I mean, he's he's like a great dude, and yeah. he would he fits in perfectly with us. But I'll say this. He brought up the fact that Caleb Williams is more deserving of the Heisman this weekend, not like to win it, not just to be in New York than almost any other person in the country right now. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's played, four, he's played four games and one of them has been over 500. Like yeah. we're going to have to, they're going to do this same shit when they stole the, the Heisman from Tua, the same shit we see every year and they go into the playoffs and get boat raced. Like it's going to happen again. I can't wait. I, so I did some digging into, because I already, I've I've been watching Oklahoma because I've been interested. I, I I've been interested since Caleb got there because he was the number one recruit last year right. uh, as far as QBs. Um, and they're a fun team to watch when they're good because their offense is fun to yeah, watch. When... But like every time I watch them, I'm just so unimpressed. 
So I've from afar, I've been watching Ohio State, and we'll kind of get into some of the stuff from this weekend too. I picked on the solo pod for Ohio State to hammer Penn State because I've been mm-hmm. they've been hammering teams, mm-hmm. and um, it wasn't until late that that game was over. Basically, yeah. I mean, Penn State misses a kick with a minute nineteen that would have put them. You know, they would have had to have one an onside kick and then scored a touchdown, but they were within a score. Um, but ultimately Ohio state pulls it out. I looked at Ohio state schedule. I was like, man, they just really seem to have taken off. They, they played awful people fat on fat and happy on Tulsa, Akron, Rutgers, Maryland, and Indiana. Right. It's been so, real bad. So then I was like, well, well, damn, of course they're hammering teams. Those teams are awful, awful. So I think, I was on Ohio State. I'm not off them, but I don't. I still wouldn't put them in the top. And look, dude, Michigan State needs all the credit in the world for that win. Mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker, he's awesome. Two hundred yards rushing, five touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had a Heisman moment for sure. He has the most touchdowns against Michigan ever. Yeah, in a game. Yeah, I mean, I think my my thing with everything with those those two teams or the, that team is Michigan State hasn't played that many great teams. Fine. Ohio State, it's, and it's just funny how we do this with certain teams. Like, I hate Ohio State. Everyone knows that. But we talk about all the time about how boring Alabama is. I hate watching Alabama. It's so boring. They always win. What the fuck do you enjoy watching Oklahoma? Like, like, what, like for real. Like, what, what fucking draws you to Oklahoma? I've said so many F words on this episode already. This is so bad. Yeah. Like, but like, what draws you to Oklahoma? It, you, it's the same thing with worse competition. Like, Vanna right. goes out and beats teams that are good and makes them look bad. Oklahoma goes out there against bad teams and makes them look good and somehow makes themselves look good. Same with Ohio State. Like, that's fucking stupid. That's a good point. Thank um, you. It's the last I one think, I'll make all day, I promise. Um, but I do think Michigan State, out of all those teams, has the best win on the books. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's at home, but still. Let's say, I, I mean, I thought it was impressive, dude. They're, they're down 30 to 14. They they really didn't have any offense outside of Kenneth Walker, and he just put the whole team on his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're going to, they're, I, I still think they won't run the table. I mean, they still have to play Ohio State. Um, but man, I was impressed. I mean, I was impressed they came back and, um, they've won 10 to 14 against Michigan now, which Harbaugh is just that is the worst against rivals. 10 of 14. <laughs> That's so bad. I I tell you what, I, I think that my top four would be probably Bama one, uh, AM two for sure. I mean, AM's like just not getting enough love. Um, no, it'd be Georgia, it would be Michigan State two. I would have Oklahoma at three, even though they don't deserve it. And I would have Bama at four, most likely. Um, and then let it play out. We'll see. But and Cincinnati at five? Huh? No, I'm not going to do that. You know why? Because because I think it's again. I'll get into the whole. I'll get into my soapbox with this whole thing of society. It doesn't matter how many teams we have. Every time we add teams, you're going to bitch. Not you personally, but just yeah. everyone. You're going to bitch in general about how we. Well, we have eight. We need ten. We have twelve. We need fourteen or sixteen, dude. We have eighteen. We have sixteen. We have twenty. We need twenty-four. Like just fucking be happy about something. I know I sound happy, so just. <laughs> um, moving over to the SEC. Yeah, uh, I guess maybe the surprise, most surprising but least competitive game was Kentucky and Mississippi State. Well, Florida and Georgia was least competitive, but we, we don't want to talk about that first. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know, man. I, it, look, I when I previewed it, I was like, Kentucky has horrible record against Mississippi State and Starkville. It's like really bad, right? They haven't lost. Like, they haven't and, won they've, like, and they get their ass beat every time they go there. It's yeah. crazy. Um, in fact, here I have the I have the preview notes here. They have lost. The last time they won in Starkville was 2008 when Randall Cobb was playing QB. <laughs> Randall Cobb has beautiful eyes. He does. They they before this game they had lost their past three a combined one fifteen to thirty six against Mississippi State and Starkville. Wait, one fifteen to thirty six? Yeah. And so, so I was that's like thirty eight to twelve every time. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh so and Kentucky was favored. And um I mean look, Will Will Rogers was awesome. Yeah, an SEC record. Yeah, ninety two percent completion percentage. Uh, which is a bit much. Yeah, um, bad Will Levis showed up. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. Because Will Levis, see, what, what I had to understand with this game was Will Levis is horrible at times, right? But what I also didn't understand is what's Kentucky good at? Well, they were good at running the ball, but Chris Rodriguez has not done anything in the last few weeks. They were good at running the football, right? Who's their best running back? Chris Rodriguez. How many how many carries did Chris Rodriguez have in this game? Eight. Eight for how many yards? Thirty-four yards. Why the fuck are we not giving him the ball? What is happening? Like, and then on top of that, even but then Mississippi State was like, ah, fuck it, who cares? We'll just you know we'll do him one better. What if we run the ball? What like yeah like what's his name? Will Rogers had who's thirty-six of thirty-nine, only had one touchdown. Yeah. Uh, craziness yeah crazy so um i had said in the preview pod man like if kentucky could beat mississippi state they have a real chance at running the table the rest of the way and going 11 and one we'll see now now the the game next week against kentucky becomes right now for them one tyler like i'll i'll say it. yes now they're definitely not going on one um now the game against kentucky next week or this week now i'm like okay where's their mind gonna be at um but yeah good win for mike leach what um, do you want to talk about next Ole miss auburn i don't want to fucking talk about this because it's gonna be like you're getting nervous about auburn i can tell oh but I, well, we, so we wanted to kick off shout out to sarthak sharma one of our, our our favorite listeners who wanted us to give some mississippi state love that was awesome mississippi state i want i do want to give a credit the fact that yeah. that team looked they looked miles different. They looked just like head and shoulders different than the team we saw a couple weeks ago, right? Were they coming off a bye? I think so. I can't remember though. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but like up, regardless, like, it looked it looked really impressive. The defense looks really good. The defense looks really really good. They forced four turnovers. We can put that on Will Levis all we want, but like you still have to have somebody recover those fumbles and somebody pick off those those passes. So yeah, they um, were coming I was off. Really impressed by that. They were coming off a bye because they played Vandy. I love that. Love that. They were yeah. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> But they've looked really good the past two weeks, so huge win for them. Um, and just dominating a, a number 12 team in the country. All right. I don't want to talk about Auburn Ole Miss because we are just headed down the tracks at just a, not a safe speed where the you're, SEC you're West is going to have to be decided in Jordan-Hare Stadium again. And I'll tell you right now, Tyler, this is going to blow your mind. Do you know that three of the last four times that's happened? Do you know Auburn's Bama's won. lost three of the last four? In Jordan oh, something weird always happens there. Think about that. 
They've it, it really is weird. The dominance of Alabama football over the last 12, 14 years, whatever. They have lost three of the last four games they've played in Jordan Hare. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, things are getting well that you know, look, obviously, real quick on the game. Bo Nix, man. Bo Nix, he's a lot better, man. He's a lot better under Harson than he was at with uh yeah. Dust Bus. Yeah. Um, well, and he's better at home too, which we all knew, yeah. but like I would agree with that. Um, Hank Bigsby coming to form. I mean, they, they came yeah. out right away. You, uh, like, you had to know that was going to happen against Ole Miss's defense, so they can't stop the run at all. No, but but I, I don't think Ole Miss knew for some reason. I For real, because they, they came out. And, like, I tell you what, we've talked about this in the past. Matt, like, say, Kiffin does this thing with players, and I thought he was going to do it with Matt Corral and be able to do it in a way where Matt Corral is going get to get to New York and win the Heisman. Because we saw it with Amari Cooper in 2014. We saw it with Derrick Henry in 2015. Hell, we kind of saw it with Jalen Hurts in 2016. He was the SEC Player of the Year as a true freshman. We saw it with uh, Eli Moore last year. Like he, he will find his bell cow and he will get that guy the football nonstop. He's kind of running on fumes here with yeah with uh, Corral. I will say, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Auburn because they deserve all the credit in the world here. That defense looked great. Derrick Mason, the, the Auburn coaching staff has done such a fucking good job this year. Such a good job. Yeah, but there's not a single clip we have from this entire entire episode yet that we can use because I keep saying the F word. My mom was right. <laughs> yeah, you just can't control it. <laughs> I can't. No. Um, but so I got a little nervous about Corral, man, when he went down. He taped his own fucking ankle. He he did he didn't he get carted off. I'm trying he to remember. Carted now. off the field, and the the sequence of events that happened next should have gone down in SEC lore. He he taped his own ankle on the sideline. It took me like 12 minutes to send out this tweet because I couldn't figure out the way to word it. Like, like he he was carted off the field, came back on the field, taped his own ankle, yelled at his offensive line that he had their back, goes in the game and completes a 10 play. Um, what was it? It was 10 plays and 75 yard drive where he was six of six of the air. And the other four plays were all him rushing the football for 18 yards and an 11 yard touchdown score. <sighs> he is that dude. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy to see how far he's come. I mean, when he yeah. was a recruit, he like, dude, he, he was very immature. Like, I a lot of people had concerns about his character, like coming in, and he's just like obviously done a great job of just maturing, growing up. And dude, he's gonna be a first round pick. I mean, he's. Right. But in this game, I mean, dude, Auburn Auburn scored twenty eight in the first half. And it was, a, it was a slower second half. I mean, only mm -hmm. both teams only scored three points, but every time Ole Miss would drive down into having a scoring opportunity, Auburn, you know, picked them off in the end zone, yep. turning them over on downs when Kiffin went on fourth and six. Um, <laughs> the meme of the year so far. Matt Corral has no passing touchdowns in this game, which is uh, the first time in 19 games that he hasn't had a passing touchdown. It so. doesn't mean he should lose the Heisman. It probably means he will because of how stupid we are again soapbox is still on so i'm still on top of it um because this is what we always do whoever's leading in september and october is not going to be leading in, in in late november but you said a word that i think is the perfect transition to the georgia florida game and that was recruit because <laughs> dan mullen I, i'm so this was a this was requested this was requested you want you want me to do the rant before or afterwards before we talk uh, about the game or after, let's talk about the game first. Okay, 
I got you. Nick, Nick Jones and James O'Quinn requested a rant. It's the only reason I even agreed to do this show, okay? So let's do it. Anthony Richardson, they decide to finally start the guy. This man. is the missing link. Mm-hmm. For Florida. You know, honestly, man, if I was Mullen, I would have made him the missing link next week when I'm yeah. not playing the best defense in the country. And in the history of college football, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it starts from basically the beginning. They're already down 3 nothing. Back to the goal line. No, no, they were playing well for the first quarter. Yeah. Surprising. And I will say, if you watch that game, it's not that they got absolutely dominated in the trenches. Like, mm-hmm. they had a very... Alabama like game in that like you were surprised that they were keeping up in the trenches, but mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson f- strip fumble. Um, then immediately, I, um, real quick um, on that, yeah. And and I, I need to stop tweeting stuff like this that like when a play happens that I don't understand something because I do understand why it happens, and I'm just saying things because that's what the nature of my job is. As soon as I said this on Twitter, I was like, I will never understand. Why that's that play is not ruled dead. Like why why? Because he's being pushed. And of course, 87 fucking dudes named Brent and Trent came out of the woodwork and were like, oh, it's fucking forward progress, dude. Forward progress. No, no, I understand the rules of football, Trent. Like I, I totally get that. What I don't understand is if we made a rule outlawing the bush push so much that we have a name for it when you're on the goal line, what's the fucking difference when it's happening on the goal line versus your own eight? I right. don't understand. I think it's stupid as shit. It happens all the time. I've got to stop cussing. Um, anyways, strip yeah. immediately scored with James Cook. So you're like, man, God, you know, we almost got out of the half down three nothing. Right. Now we're down ten nothing. Ensuing drive. <laughs> Richardson tries to throw an out, gets picked six by Nicobe Dean, and, and the game's over. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I told so I told you this a while ago. I, I think it was you that like when I watched that 2011 Alabama team, once we got to nine points, the game was over. Every no, time. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Actually, it happened this fast. Yeah. That, then he threw the pick. Very first play, play Stetson Bennett over the top to Kyrus Jackson. Very next one, pick six back to the house. Right. 24 nothing at the half. They scored 21 points in two minutes and nine <laughs> seconds. And yeah. it was, it seemed like it was faster than that somehow. Yep. I, like, I, I mean, it was, but, but see, again, this is what I've been saying all year. This is what makes Georgia the best team in the country. And this is why they're better than Alabama. And this is why I'll say it again. They will beat this Alabama team by 14 points at a minimum in, in December in Atlanta, it, it, like flat out because Bama doesn't, they don't, they don't capitalize on opportunities. They make a lot of mistakes. That offensive line is kind of shit compared to the years past. They do all the little things wrong that Georgia does right. And Georgia does it better than anyone else in the country. So it, it's, it's it's incredible to watch this Georgia team because they they man you take you make one mistake, it's ball game. But I I remember I remember saying this in 2011 watching that Alabama defense because it was before this one, and I, I still can't believe I'm saying that that it, that it was the best defense I've ever seen in cultural history. And there's been a lot of Bama teams, Bama good defenses, a lot of SEC teams in general with great defenses. That was statistically the best defense in the history of college football. They gave up 8.2 points per game. And 171 or 173 yards per game. That's crazy. And this defense is somehow better. But once you got to once you got to nine points, it was over. It didn't matter if it was a minute in or if it was 58 minutes in. The game was over. There was no chance you were coming back. It doesn't feel like there's a team that's relatively close to Georgia at this point. We could make a joke they could beat the Chiefs. Because I bet <laughs> you they would force three three turnovers on Pat Mahomes. 
Um, for Florida, it's a mess. I mean, Mullen yep, two and mess. seven, two and seven in his last nine. I don't know how we got here so fast with Dan Mullen. Two and seven against Power Five teams. Power Five, yeah. We were just last year so impressed with what was he was building at Florida. Yeah. And now we're here. Article came out in the Athletic that now has anonymous coaches in the SEC saying Florida doesn't play hard when we play them. Mullen shutting down media availability for the year. There's this whole recruit quote now, like it, the recruit thing's a problem. And I think that's I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you take it from here. Okay, here's the rant. <laughs> Just like you remember that scene in in Austin Powers when when he was like Scott evil is trying to give him his dad suggestions he's like what if we just do this and he's like you just don't get it do you scott you don't fucking get it dan you just don't. and i don't know how you've been in this fucking league for so long that you and you still don't get what runs winning programs and you know why you don't get it is because you got to hide behind this facade of mississippi state football and the underwhelming expectations and the ceiling of that program being eight wins I've been saying this for fucking years. And you guys thought I was crazy when I said Mississippi State is the South Carolina of the, of the West. Maybe they're better. I don't know. That's an eight-win program every year, man. You get over eight wins, you're a god. How, how did you do that? Did you win the Egg Bowl too? Oh, my God. Let's build a fucking statue. Like, that's incredible. Dan Mullen came from a different lineage of coaches. He came from Urban Meyer, which blows my mind. But the fact that he comes from a, a like it's almost like a different era. Like he he still feels like a newcomer to what goes on in the SEC, and he's been here for over a fucking decade. I said this two years ago, and you guys thought I was crazy, and I even backtracked a little bit of it because it was like, well, you know, he has gone to a New Year's Six Bowl three years in a row, and and I'm I am one that that is a I don't want to say a traditionalist or shitting on your teams, but like. LSU should be happy they won a national championship. They beat Bama one time in the last eight years. You know why that's a problem? Because you have unrealistic expectations about your program. Your program is the fucking one and eight record against Alabama. Okay? Dan Mullen, like, if Mississippi State, Florida fans, you guys should be happy. You went to three straight New Year's Six Bowls. That's fantastic. But you know what? You have an unrealistic expectation that you should win a national championship if this guy's not going to recruit. And this guy has said time and time again, whether it's through his actions or through his actual recruiting numbers, He's not going to recruit, doesn't give a shit, is it, like, doesn't think it's that important. Even said today, and in all this time, you keep thinking, well, I mean, surely he knows you have to recruit. Like, like, surely he knows the stuff he's saying sounds bad. But like, but like he, you know, he, maybe he's just not a good recruiter. Maybe Kirby's the best recruiter. They, make, they have a million more dollars invested into it than any other program in the country. Maybe that's why. Maybe it shouldn't matter that there's like five stars in every place in your fucking backyard if you live in Florida. No, then Dan Mullen comes out today after Kirby Smart trolled him flat out in the postgame. Like, and I love seeing that. When Kirby Smart made the comment, he was like, you, you will never outcoach recruits. Like, it, it doesn't matter how good of an X and O's guy you are, or whatever the scheme is, like, you're not going to outcoach recruits. Bottom line. Mm-hmm. We're a good defense. We have, we have great players on defense. Yep. All right there it is. Like, I, I it, it makes me think of this quote people say about Bear Bryant, and I, and I think it's so stupid now, because like it's just a different generation of football, and people would say Bear Bryant was the best coach because he could take your your hundred or your t- your twenty two or your eleven. I don't even know the numbers. I'm trying to say your eleven and beat you, or his own eleven and beat you, and then take your eleven and beat beat his. That that's why he's so good because he I mean he could he could beat his team with yours and and yours with his like no no he fucking over recruited everyone 
He was signing 40 players a year. And that's why that program was so good because they didn't have recruiting restrictions. Like all of this is based around recruiting Dan Mullen. And I know that we've lost at least one Bama fan. It's like, that's enough. I've heard the S word three times and he's just said something about Bear Bryant, but it's the truth and you need to hear it. And the other part of this is the fact that if you are, if you're, a, if you're a coach in this conference, I, I understand it's always an arms race and it's only going to get worse. And I don't know when it's going to stop. We're going to start seeing at some point down the road, we will see coaches fired in their first year. That's where we'll be because there's no stopping any of this, right? Dan Mullen deserves to leave at this point. Florida fans deserve to have him leave because of their unrealistic expectations for one. And also the fact that he isn't living up to even the most basic expectations at this point, like off the field in terms of recruiting. Mm -hmm. When you, when you go out there and you watch those two teams play, there's not a single part of you that says like name a good Florida player, name a good Florida defensive player besides Kyrie Lee. Go. Mm, exactly. Ben Cox, maybe. Sure. Absolutely. Where'd he come from? Yeah. Yeah. Florida State's best players from Georgia too. <laughs> so um, it, it is, it's, it's hilarious to watch. I think from the outside looking in, I understand it's gotta be fucking maddening. If you're a Florida fan that how frustrating this must be at the same time, dude, it, like I'm not the best at this, but if you don't know what you're talking about at some point, shut the fuck up. And if you were going to go out there in front of microphones and in front of a press conference and in front of TV cameras and continuously make yourself look worse, the bad part is, man, you're not making yourself look bad. You're also making your entire team, program, university, fan base look bad. And that's why this program is lost, and that's why he's got to go. So you think there's basically no – like, can we start talking about the Florida job like we are the LSU? Like, the LSU yeah, we should. have real confidence because he's been fired, I, that they're in a coaching search is, is I don't, at I, that point? I, he, I think he's gone either way. I, I think what you said a while back about him yeah. going to the NFL is still on the table, but I think that after watching this press conference today and then them canceling media sessions for the rest of the week, but watching his press conference today where he blatantly said, we're in the middle of the season. We're going to talk about recruiting season when it's recruiting season. This isn't 1995. There's not a fucking Forrest Davis, you know, annual football annual. that's going to come like knocking on your door. Like this is, this is how things worked out. The, the early signing yeah. period is five weeks away, my man. Yeah, right. And, and like when that happens and, and listen, I still hate it. I wish it was the old way because it's hard to follow along for the full year and, and get invested yeah. into it, especially with all the decommits, but that's the way things are. And if you can't coach in that, you're not going to last long in this. And, and the fact that he said that when you're five weeks away and you have over, I think it was last year, you had over 78 of the top 100 total commits were gone by the, by early signing period. What are you doing, man? It, it, like if, if you're saying it's not recruiting season, well, fuck man, you're four and four. Yeah. It's what have you What's, been so focused on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see where they go next. Um, I, I have a feeling they're going to go someone who is a very respected recruiter, like a Mario Cristobal yeah. type. Um, you lose a lot, I feel like, game planning wise, when you go from Dan Mullen to Cristobal. Cristobal is not exactly the best game day coach, I wouldn't say. Right. But to Kirby's point, if you have the best recruits, doesn't not matter. even that really really gonna matter that much. So um we'll see. I agree with you though. I don't think I don't think I see a scenario where he comes back to Florida. So no. Just all right. Interesting. Um yeah, that was all the games this weekend. 
How was, was the weekend was, for you? It, it was a lot. Real quick. Yeah, it definitely feels like they're going to blow this, doesn't it? Don't fucking say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're going to win. I'm so excited for this it, city. You know what? It's um, It's been so much fun to follow. And honestly, that, that Charlie Morton injury wow. is just so big. It just really was because game, you had to go two straight bullpen games. Now you're going back to Houston. And look, I mean, we still we got our two best guys that we have left on our staff left to pitch Who's and that? both on normal rest. Freed and Anderson. Yep. But Freed Where's has your been, boy that looks Freed like has you. Been, he, they traded him. Oh, OK. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Freed has not been good at all his last two outings. So that makes me nervous. Now, Ian Anderson had a perfect game or a, a, a no hitter the other night through five. Right. Um. But I don't want to get to a game seven. Like they, if they yeah. don't win game six, it's over, in my opinion, for the Braves. I, I, and I'm a jaded Atlanta fan, so trust me when I say I'm coming from the most negative place possible. But so I am not, and I know that that sounds crazy considering how jaded I am with most things in my life. Shout out to my ex. Um, but with everything else, it, when you have, like, I grew up in this city, and I, I, this is how I want to close the show with some gratitude and some positivity here, um, because this has been the most fun I've had as a fan of something. And I'm not even, I'm not even a diehard Braves fan. You guys know I'm a Red Sox fan, even though I grew up in the city, I'm not going to explain it again, but it has been so damn fun to watch this process of these teams and, and like, or this team and the way the city's responded. And I think it's so many years of like pent up frustration. And so, you know, it's like the Georgia thing. Like it's been since 1980, right? We get it. Like it's like for the Braves is 95, I've, I've made the joke that there were the Buffalo bills of baseball. Like, you know, it's like they, they did a lot of things that they should have done better and they didn't and blah, blah, blah. But like what surprises me out of all this um, is the resiliency of Atlanta fans after hearing nonstop. It's like, you know, we've, we've heard in the past, it's like Atlanta's not a good sports town. There were 130,000 people at the battery last night, 130,000. Before I got the job here at SES, I remember walking out of, I might get emotional here. I, I remember walking out of the back of what is now Super Rica, and mm -hmm. I asked somebody to watch the watch the service bar because Will Will Ogburn, the producer of the other show or, or co-host or, or live producer, whatever it is, he called me and said, I just talked to Duff. They're going to bring you on and start doing the podcast here at SCS. And I say that for two reasons. One, it's a really cool moment. And it's a really cool memory for me. Two, if there was 130,000 people there when I was on service where I would have lost my fucking mind and I probably would have walked out anyway. But it's such an awesome experience or ex thing to experience is like people that have lived here our whole lives yeah. and remembering going to Fulton County, remembering going to Turner Field, which is a shithole in my opinion compared to Truist. I love I loved the fact that Truist is here. Yes. It's I, the best. I don't care that it's in Cobb County. No. I don't like... Maybe it's because I'm from the suburbs and like I, you know, I don't take a personal front to them moving the Braves out of Atlanta. You know what? It was the it was the best possible move they could have made, and it's paid dividends for them. The people that the people that talk shit about that move, and I I was one of them because I was a little hipster living in fucking Vihai in Virginia Highlands for like, you know, for whatever however long, and it was a great place to live. I had a lot of fun, but you, if you are if you're still sitting in that camp, one, it doesn't matter. There's a better, yeah. there's a better atmosphere up here. I've never, I never saw Turner field like that. Even besides the opening ceremonies, the Olympics, maybe never yeah. saw Turner field look like true. like that. The other part is the city of Atlanta fucked themselves in that. They're the ones that had, they owned all the parking around that stadium. That's why they never wanted to move it. That's why they never wanted to put any kind of Metro access, like, or Metro, what do you call it? Uh, transit access or anything like that. Public transit access. Um, 
but that, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's just, I'm really proud of the city. I'm so fucking happy that, that they are going to win the world series. And I'll say that again, they are going to win the world series. And if they don't, <laughs> it's going to be tough, but I'm proud hey, of the city. I, and I, I will what, say I that. I will the say one that. Thing they could have done better. I tweeted this last night and I kind of fucking meant it. They should have just had crime mob or outcast come out and sing the national anthem and just done it however they wanted to. And yep. just got ratchet as fuck from the beginning. Cause I, this city has been on fire and I, I'm so happy. I will say I'm, I'm, I'm speaking a little, um, hurt at the moment because when Adam Duvall had that grand slam last night, I, I got the feeling I was like, Oh my God, we're going to win. And the fact that they gave that up immediately, yeah. I was like, no, no, this can't be happening. No. And I now and I just went to bed last night with this sinking feeling, and I'm trying every. But before that, every game I, I've had so much confidence in this team. I just yeah. got to get it back. But that game just, I really like hated. Like I, I, I hate that they left Tucker Davidson there. He couldn't hit the strike zone. I was like, please it's take fine. this one. Yep. Here's the deal. I talked to Rich about this last night. Rich and I played college baseball together. Rich actually played, um, and actually knows a lot about college, about baseball. I, I admittedly, you know, I, I feel like I learned more after I quit than I than I did playing. It is so difficult to win back-to-back bullpen games. Rich yeah. said from the beginning, he's like, there's no way they win this game tonight. And I was like, they're winning this fucking game tonight because it's fate. He's like, that's not real, Chris. <laughs> I, felt the, I, felt, I felt the same way. I, I mean, I did too, but listen. Yeah. Braves fans, don't put away the jerseys. Don't put away the hats, any of that shit. Make sure you set aside some extra shekels. Make sure you get an excuse ready for school because we're going to have a parade in this fucking city within the next week. And it's going to be celebrating equal rights for women's pay probably i don't know maybe also world series i don't <laughs> like no they're gonna win the world series it's gonna be awesome and i can't wait so there you go fuck up i hope you i hope you're right sir well no. we will be back uh shit by the next time we record gonna, it's gonna be it's, <laughs> we're gonna know if you're right or not yeah now, well we record on wednesday so that could be a potential game seven but i think it's gonna be no, we'll, hey, you we'll know what won. we should do? We should do a live. We should do a live reaction to it. No, like we should do like. Well, we shouldn't, but like. Because we'll, we'll if we it. lose, right. you you won't want to see me. I'll, yeah, it's fair too. <laughs> we got to our producer who's actually going out to Houston for the game tomorrow. So we. Um, oh, shout out! Yeah, shout yeah. out! Producer. Shout out to well, we got to say his name, Jack Morris. You've said it before. <laughs> oh my God, Jack Morris! Oh, I don't even know. I just made that up, and that's the guy from Game Seven of '91. Oh, fuck! Say a name. Say a better name, Beyonce. That doesn't help. Benito Santiago. That guy didn't play for the Braves, idiot. He played for the Padres. That's the worst number two. Number 12 as a catcher. Like, what are we doing here? All right, we got to go. We'll talk to you guys next week.